Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Monday, Valley sports fans. Welcome to the beginning of what will be what promises to be a very eventful week in sports. March Madness is here. Free agency just about here in the NFL. And we had 47,000 people attend a baseball game at Chase Field last night. Yeah, an exhibition game. 47,000 people. <laughs> now, if you'd have dialed back the clock 20-plus years, last night's game is what they would thought all Major League Baseball games would look like at Chase Field. That is true. Pretty much. And for a while, it was that way. Yeah. When the newness wore off. Yeah. No, uh-huh. Not so much the game. Uh-huh. There, there was four, like 47,000 people there last night. I'm pretty sure there was 4.7 million people in downtown Phoenix on Saturday. Yeah, I, I saw it. And you had already told uh, uh, the, the story, the horror story of leaving the basketball game on Saturday night, needing 90 minutes to get out of a parking garage. Now, I don't know about you, but my brain, my head would literally, literally explode. Oh. Literally. Oh, yeah. no. My problem wasn't my brain uh, getting ready to explode. It was another organ. It was my bladder. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Um, I did not plan well and, and, and take provisions before I left the arena. So I actually left my oh, you car. You just don't keep a spare catheter in your no, car, I Vinny? don't. Not anymore. Not after the uh, the mess. <laughs> so I actually walked. I got out of my car, walked back down, and I went to the, the fries that's downtown. Yeah. And they had the bathrooms locked. Probably wisely with the, with the parade of people that were coming into the store to use the bathroom. But am I crazy? <laughs> yes. Or yes. In other. <laughs> in other, I don't remember people caring that much about the World Baseball Classic in other years. This is Mexico versus the USA. No, but uh, oh, that I'm, was last night. No, that was Saturday night. Then America versus Great Britain. But I'm saying, like, even oh, the, the, okay. the, the uh, Colombia on Saturday, the Latin okay, countries playing okay. each other. I'm just saying, in general, it feels uh-huh. like such a bigger deal this time around. Am I, it, no, is it, it because more stars are playing or something? I, I, I think that's part of it. I think the matchups are part of it. I think the fact that they haven't had one of these things in six years is part of it. I mean, they haven't done the World Baseball Classic since 2017. Is that right? It's been that long? Yeah. Wow. I didn't I even think know they that. planning one, and uh, it got delayed by the by the pandemic. By COVID, and they didn't want to shift the schedule. They just said, we will come around in three years again. Oh, okay. yeah. This is the argument for making interleague play every like four years or something. Bring that, make that special again, so that when it happens, it feels like something. Well, now they've even watered it down even more. Now it's all now, the now time. Now it's a balanced schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's playing everybody this year. I don't know. Um, it was a cool environment, but man, it was. If you were not, not part if you of, were working downtown, if you were part of the Saturday festivities, night. I'm sure you had a ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you were a son's PA guy trying to get home, not so much. And a lot of other people trying Oof. to get home too. Oof! All right, we got a lot of ground to cover. Lot Start the show, Jarrett. 
The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Suns in action tonight on the road visiting the Golden State Warriors at Chase Center in San Francisco. Suns, of course, coming off a loss to Sacramento on Saturday night. Golden State had lost three straight since the return of Steph Curry, but they scored a 115, uh, 125-116 overtime win over Milwaukee on Saturday night. Suns are going for the season sweep of the defending champs, but it won't be easy. Warriors 28-7 and at home this season. Tonight's game gets underway at 7. Thank goodness we're back on Pacific time! Yeah, about that, right? Uh, pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. Uh, frustrating night, Saturday night for the Suns against mm-hmm. Sacramento, who played a really good game, but Suns uh, got caught up in their emotions a little bit with the officiating. Yep. yep. The bench struggled. Uh, there was a, a you know, story that came out, an interview with, with James Jones that Dwayne Rankin had from the Arizona Republic that we're going to get into today. There's just a, a cloud of weirdness, I think. I like that. That's yeah. a, that's exactly what's going on. A cloud of weirdness around this basketball team right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this seems to be a recurring issue. It seems like every X amount of games, there's that game where the Suns have to be reminded to channel their energy and focus in some place other than the officials. Yes. Saturday was another one of those games. You are correct. Yesterday in the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets handed the Denver Nuggets their third straight loss, 122-120 to 120 at Ball Arena. Mikel Bridges, 25 to lead the Nets only the second three-game skid for the Nuggets all season. Uh, New Orleans beat Portland 127-110. to The only reason I mention that is because Trey Murphy of the Pelicans had 41 points. He's the 52nd different player in the Whoa. NBA to score 40 that, or more points this year. Is that right? Yes. And we still have three-plus weeks of the regular season. Oh, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett combined for 63 points. The Knicks beat the Lakers 112-108. to now, for the first time ever, three different schools from Arizona will take part in the NCAA tournament. Yes, Arizona State got in. Once again, Bobby Hurley's Sun Devils are headed to Dayton to play a first uh, four game against Nevada Wednesday night at 6-10. Should the 11-seeded Sun Devils win, they would face six-seeded TCU in the West Region in Denver on Friday. This is the third time under Hurley that ASU will play in the first four in Dayton. They lost in 2018 to Syracuse uh, in 2018 and beat St. John's the next year. Uh, the Arizona Wildcats, champions of the Pac-12 tournament, they got a two-seed. They'll take on Princeton in the South Region in Sacramento at 110 Arizona time on Thursday afternoon. And Bryce Drew's GCU Lopes won the WAC tournament on Saturday. Uh, they get the 14th seed in the West Region and will face third seed in Gonzaga in Denver on Friday. That's, yeah, how about that? Uh, up against the school that you want to become. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's uh, great. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's it's I'm so happy for those guys because it, it, when we had Newsmakers Week, it was pretty clear that this year was considered a bridge year. So to get in the tournament and run it, that's the way you do it. Stop rubbing your eyes, Jared! It's too early Come for on. this! <laughs> uh, Alabama, Houston, Kansas, and Purdue are the number one seeds for this year's tournament. Uh, a couple of big trades going down in the NFL over the weekend. The Chicago Bears! Bears. They traded the number one Stop pick Bears. in this year's draft to the Panthers. <laughs> uh, the Bears get the Panthers' 2023 first draft pick, number nine overall, as well as a 2023 second round pick, a first round pick in 2024, and a second round pick in 2025, and oh, by the way, DJ Moore. Pretty good player. Yeah, who is fourth in Panthers history with over
over 5,200 receiving yards. Miami Dolphins picking up cornerback Jalen Ramsey from the uh, Los Angeles Rams as their deconstruction continues. The Rams get a third-round pick in this year's draft, number 77 overall, and tight end Hunter Long. Clayton Keller's overtime goal, 409 OT, uh, lifted the uh, Coyotes to a 5-4 win over the Minnesota Wild at Mullet Arena. What are Keller, they doing? Keller had Will tied they the game at four, winning four. games? <laughs> With a goal in the third period, Barrett Hayton also had two goals and two assists for the Yotes, who won their third straight home game. Minnesota came in having won 10 of its last 12 games. Uh, the homestand continues for the Yotes tomorrow night as the Calgary Flames are in town. World Baseball Classic. Mexico slammed the U.S. 11-5 at Chase Field in front of a crowd of 47,534. Joey Manessas homered twice and drove in five runs for Team Mexico. Elsewhere, Canada clubbed Great Britain 18-8, also at Chase Field. Uh, Team USA will face Canada tonight at 7. Colombia and Great Britain will play the first game at Chase today at 3. Elsewhere, you had Japan beating Australia. Italy knocked off the Netherlands. Israel beat Nicaragua. Venezuela outlasted Puerto Rico, and Australia beat the Czech Republic 8-3 in Sunday's action. Uh, in Cactus League play, the D-backs got a 10-9 win over the Rockies. Kyle Lewis, 3-3 three for three with a home run, five ribbies for the D-backs. They are in uh, surprise today. Surprise! Surprise! Taking on the Rangers at 105. William Byron took the checkered flag at the United Rentals Work United 500 at Phoenix Raceway. His second straight Cup Series win. Ryan Blaney was second. Taylor uh, Tyler Reddick was third. And Scotty Scheffler. Just a big, fat a American big, winning machine. American winning machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what he is, Vinny. He won the Players' Championship by five strokes at the TPC Sawgrass uh, in Florida. He shot a three-under yesterday. Awful golf tournament this year. Really? Leaderboard was dreadful. Yeah, it was bad. Second win on the PGA Tour this season for Scheffler. He, of course, won the WM Phoenix Open for the second straight year last month. There you go. There is your splash nice. for Monday, March 13th. Coming up next, yeah, cloud of weirdness is how we describe like what's it. going on yeah. with the Phoenix Suns. Let's delve into that cloud next. Let's do it. Shall we? It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Monday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Grateful that it wasn't, you know, something that... Um, Long, long term. Obviously, you don't want to see guys get hurt, but based on the way it looked, when I got the, the news yesterday, we were you know, pretty happy that it wasn't a break or anything like that. So um, we're just glad that he's here and getting a ton of care around the clock. And, and like the report says, we'll reevaluate when the time allows. Monty Williams, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. That was on Friday before the Suns hosted and lost to Sacramento on Saturday night, talking about the uh, Kevin Durant situation. Uh, grateful it wasn't mm-hmm. long-term. He also said uh, this about KD's mindset. He's frustrated. He wants to play. That's pretty uh, easy to guess when you think of Kevin and how much he loves to play. It's just one of those things that it happens. You deal with it. And, you know, we've had these kinds of things happen to us, and the guys have responded well, so we'll have to do the same going forward. All right, this is on the heels, uh, or actually preceding an mm-hmm. article that was written by uh, Dwayne Rankin, who sat down with James Jones, the president of basketball operations for the Suns, for AZ Central, and the Republic. And the money quote from all of it, Vic, was uh, if the playoffs 
started today, he'd be out there, Jones yeah. said. He'd be struggling a little bit, but he'd be out there. I can't get past the weirdness I, of saying it's days later and I still can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, I, I read that quote in the story and it stopped me in my tracks. Yes. I thought, OK, if if he's really that close to being OK, then what is this three weeks all about? And, and then you get like here's where it doesn't make sense this this juxtaposition uh, juxtaposition of caution okay mm-hmm. so the Suns now in, in in the aftermath of Kevin Durant turning his ankle are being extra cautious and and that quote is proof of it but in the moment there was not the overabundance of caution I just turned my ankle. No, no member of the training staff talked to Kevin Durant when he did it. Mm-hmm. He went right back to work. Yeah. And then as the story, you know, the quotes from James Jones say he went back and he got sore when he went back to the locker room. Yeah. And that's where the caution kicked in. I can only help because, you know me, I'm a I'm a glass three quarters empty kind of guy. Yeah, OK, man. that's OK. Yeah, it's all right, though. But did he exacerbate the injury by continuing to work out on it? How could he not have? How could he not have? And, and th- this is what's so odd to me because, you know, it, James Jones said he was on the floor when it happened. Why didn't somebody stop and call in a trainer? Yeah. So, he, oh, hold on, stop, guys, stop. Uh, and then it, the, I've really expected to see him on the bench Saturday night. That's the other part that's weird. You can understand, okay, Wednesday night, there's all this oh, yeah. energy in the air, and that happens, and he's yeah. scratched right before yeah. the game starts. You know what? I could understand him not being there. He wasn't on the bench on Saturday either. That was weird, and I, and I tell you, my initial reaction was, is he angry about, is he actually mad that the floor was maybe slippery, and is he not telling anybody? Again, this is just all rampant speculation, but a lot of this is just weird. All of it, trying to recognize reconcile the clip and from Kellen Olson and Cam Cox that has been Cam played, Cam Cox, Cox that's been played six billion times on ESPN, uh-huh. right? Sometimes with attribution. Sometimes, <laughs> about sixty percent of the time. And then, uh, so watching what we watched and then seeing that turn into what it turned into was weird enough. And you know what's happened since? It's I don't know. I, I'm with you. I it's this this being on pins and needles yes. thing. This is about the worst thing that could have happened in terms of just. I mean, we should feel great about having three plus years of Kevin Durant. Not like oh, is is every layup drill going to be an adventure? Well, then it goes ah. back to since we got the the, the teaser was the three games mm-hmm. and there were three wins and Kevin Durant looked perfectly comfortable with what they were doing. Yes. And the Suns looked perfectly unbeatable (laughs) in those three games. But Monty Williams was asked about that on Friday, too. How much do you take out of the fact, how helpful is it that he was able to play those three games? I think so. I mean, I I think we have, in those games that he was able to play, you can kind of see the rhythm it wasn't easy to get, but I think it helps when you have a guy who's, who's played with so many different types of players, and he's pretty much one of or the best player every time he's on the floor. And again, I just go back to the USA Basketball experience. That, that pushes you to adapt to uh, 
playing with all kinds of players and skill sets. And on that team, you have to have an unselfish mentality on offense. And that's how we play here. We move the ball and share it. That's how Kevin plays. So it certainly has helped to have him um, in the fold for a few games. And then we'll hopefully get him back for the regular season. I, I agree with that. But then take those quotes and take what everything you know about the Suns mm-hmm. in their current form and apply it to what we saw Saturday night against Sacramento. A hungry team. That is trying to accomplish something it yeah. hadn't accomplished in a long time. They got to 40 wins for the first time in 17 years. They're going to the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. Yeah, uh, And I think you saw the Kings, uh, you know, a fully formed roster. They're healthy. Their rotation is set. They played a really good game. And one of my reactions to that game, a loss by the Suns, was it's going to be okay when Kevin Durant gets back. But this cloud of weirdness is still like complicating things. Mm-hmm. Will he be back? How effective will he be? Is this a situation that's going to linger or is you know up for, for re-aggravation? I don't know. The it, whole it, thing is weird because when he does finally make his debut at Footprint Center, uh, uh, nobody can dare make it a big deal. Now, it's... You, People will. Could you? I mean, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. People will. It's, I, I agree with you right now. It seems like, all right, we built this up, and right. you know, the, now, the balloon got popped exactly, right before the, exactly. the party started. Right, yeah. It's, now's not the time to be blowing up more balloons. Yeah. Right? It's kind of, you got to kind of get past that and, and, and move on with this thing. Look, it, it's, to me, I, I thought a couple things from Saturday night. Number one, even though, even though Terrence Ross has been filling it up without KD around, man, he's got some defensive liabilities. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I did. I, I wasn't aware of that. I thought I, I didn't know he was a turnstile. At least he was on Saturday. Um, and then and the bench man was the bench smoked by the Sacramento bench on Saturday. It wasn't close. Oh, it wasn't. It oh. wasn't competitive. And you know, a situation that we've talked about. And you keep going back to it. Chris Paul, the number of minutes. I mean, I don't have the box score right in front of me, but it was the thirty-nine plus minutes in a regular season game that the Suns lost. And it was out yeah. of necessity. Yes. Because campaign came in in the first half, and he was incredibly active. Unfortunately, a lot of that activity was fouls and turnovers, and he made a couple buckets, but he only got seven minutes. It, it, That's not no, sustainable. We've seen this a couple times with Monty Williams and short leashes with campaign. You've got you've to give him a, a bulkier set of minutes for Chris Paul's behalf. So I don't under I really don't understand what the thinking is. I, but I, I do. I think Monty Williams wants to do that, but when the results are so detrimental yeah, to what you're trying to accomplish, how can you keep putting them yeah, out I there? I guess. I guess. I remember I, when the same we, thing's happening with TJ Warren right now, too. Yeah. He's not really giving him much. When we had Kellen on a couple of weeks ago, he was like, well, the backup point guard thing shouldn't be that much of a concern because Kevin Durant can really handle the ball when, when you know, Chris Paul's off the thing. Or when Landry Shamit comes back, he'll be... Okay, a week later... Shaman, yeah. who knows if he's ever coming back, and Kevin Durant is out. Yeah, uh, we'll have more on the Suns as today's show goes on. The Madness tips off this Thursday, and with it comes your chance to win over $3,000 worth of prizes in the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Just text BUCKS to 620-620 to fill out your bracket and compete in the Madness. That's BUCKS, B-U-C-K-S, to 620-620. Coming up next, a big trade going down in the NFL over the weekend that could have ramifications for the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get into all of it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and-
Vince Murata. Bitly and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Well, uh, I'm sure in their heart of hearts, they probably know. Uh, but as far as what they're portraying or what people are saying behind the scenes, no. I think um, you know, with 47 days before the draft, my understanding is that they have up to three quarterbacks in mind. It's, it's of course, Bryce Young and T.J. Stroud and then uh, one wild card. That could be Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. You know, they, they really have no rush now. They just want to get in position to be able to do what they want. And they could back out into another spot. You know, like let's say fall in love with, I don't know, Lev- Will Levis, right? Then you know you can get him at three most likely you could move back two spots so there's just there's stuff you could do to to maneuver and uh you know i think they wanted that flexibility it's jeremy fowler of espn breaking down the big trade that went down on uh, friday the chicago bears owned the number one pick they send that pick to the carolina panthers oh yeah uh for a first round pick this year so basically a pick swap uh, a first round pick um in uh, 2024, second round pick in 2025, and they get wide receiver DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. I'll just get this out of the way. Yeah, what a trade for the Chicago. Yeah, Bears. listen, and uh, every Bears fan I know, and I know a lot of them, they all had the same thing to say about this. Bill Lovey Smith, a statue. <laughs> woof, woof, woof. Bears, the Bears. And for those who don't know, Levy Smith, the head coach of the Houston Texans, won a game he had no business winning. <laughs> right. He got fired after the last uh, game of the year. Right. Yeah. Last game of the year. And then courtesy of that, the Chicago Bears just got fat. Now, on the flip side of it, and, and judging from what Jeremy Fowler said, that the Panthers are considering three or four quarterbacks with the number one pick. Yeah. You want to talk about a risky proposition. If this is indeed true, and there's no reason to believe that it's not true right now, leaving the possibility of uh, of falling in love with mm. one of these guys in 47 days, wow. That's, <laughs> That's how you're going to do okay, business? It's, it's really a bad, bad, bad strategy. Yes. As the San Francisco 49ers proved two years ago, it is a bad strategy to trade up to a spot without clarity on who you're drafting. Because now, now you're going into the process looking to fall in love, looking, okay, who is who are we choosing with the... I, I, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of that strategy at all. So it, it's... I, I would... I'd feel a lot better of things if I were a Carolina Panther. If I was Darren Gant, I'd feel a lot better about things if you knew that there was a guy attached to this pick. And people are speculating. People, listen, if Will Levis really is the first quarterback taken overall, I will be stunned. Mm -hmm. Stunned. But I've seen that in mock drafts. I mean, go back to the Baker Mayfield year. What was that, 2018? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a year before Kyler, 2018, yeah. I mean, the, the morning of the draft... We didn't know what the Cleveland Browns were thinking. No. Th- that was one true. of those rare right. years where the number one pick, you're like, what are they going to do? I still remember mocking the, the report that, oh, Sam Darnold is going to be wearing a brown tie to the draft oh, that's tonight. Right. That's got to be a sign, a sign of things to come. It, I think it's, you know, and obviously it's a different situation and a different year, but when you have the number one pick and you're in the quarterback market and you are not completely convicted on who you're going to pick, mm-hmm. it's a bad idea. Now, bad it could idea. happen between now and then. There's still plenty of time, but the fact that they pulled the trigger on this deal without having a thought on, you know, that that's the guy we want, that's the guy we absolutely yeah. have to have. Yeah. Now, what this does... Um, Oh, we'll get to this in a second. I, I you know, DJ Moore thrown into the mix. You know, he had a, a bit of a down year this year, 
But he was a receiver that had three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons for Carolina, which wasn't exactly a passing juggernaut Mm -hmm. uh, during that time frame. For the Bears to get him uh, is huge. And Mel Kuyper said, hey, that was one of the keys to this whole deal for the Bears. When you look at what he's done through his career after being the first-round pick, 24th overall in 2018, he's going to only be 26 in April, so still young. Five years in the league. He averaged 18-1 a catch in 2020. had 93 receptions in 2021 and seven touchdown receptions this past year. So 364 career receptions, 14-3 average, and 21 touchdowns. He's not a one necessarily, but he's a two-plus, okay? So now you got him as a, a one and a, you know, one minus, maybe. Okay, not a, a okay. true number one receiver. And then you got Mooney the speedster, and you got Claypool who's trying to figure it out in the NFL. And, but uh, DJ Moore, uh, you know, heck of an addition. And all their picks, as you mentioned, Gabe, uh, they have eight picks in the first five rounds. That's eight of the top 149 players in this draft coming up in late April, the Bears will have. Bears! Bears! The Bears! So now what they the do... The best receiving core they've had in a while. Yeah, and now they can go and spend some draft capital on some offensive linemen. Now yeah. you got something. Now now, now you're gonna, giving Justin Fields a, a chance to prove he can do this. Now what does this mean now yeah. for the Arizona Cardinals sitting at number three? Well, Carolina yes. moves into the top spot. They're a quarterback team. Houston is a quarterback team. Yes. Now there's demand from some other teams that are looking for a quarterback mm-hmm. to move up to number three. Uh, if they stay, they can get Will Anderson. Yeah. But there's now also a very distinct possibility they could trade out of three, down a couple spots, and still get Will Anderson. Right. That would be that would be most fortuitous if yes. you could do it. What you need right now is the the Arizona Cardinals need one more team. They need one more team that wants to jump in front of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh-huh. If that happens, then then you've got a gold mine sitting there waiting for you. Or you even if the Colts off. want to move up one spot, well, that too. Yeah, yeah well, because because then 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 you can leverage one against the other. Yeah. Then then Michael Bidwell can call, call Jim Irsay and go, Hey, I don't know if you know this, Jim, but the Bucks are calling my guy. And they want to trade up to three, so I'm just giving you a heads up between pals in case you want to get in on this. But yeah, Den's in case right. you want to blank and get off the pot <laughs> in less than an hour. They, they need they need another team because why would the Colts move up unless well, they felt just, threatened that somebody? They've got to feel threatened, and, but they might be. They might feel threatened. There there are teams out there that might make, might want to make a jump. So this is really what it's going to come down to. Can you trade this pick for enough draft capital that makes it, it, it able? To, to pass on a really good player from Alabama. Yeah, but again, if if the, the possibility is still out there, Cardinals could trade out a three, mm-hmm. still get Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. And if that is what we're talking about the night of April 27th, A-plus for Monty Austin Fort in his first draft. Yes. <laughs> At least first first blush. Right. Uh, Jordan Reed from ESPN, their draft analyst, says, uh, yeah, you can expect one, two, three quarterbacks to go in those spots and AZ to trade out of that pick? I would be surprised if we didn't get four in the top seven, honestly, um, or even the top four picks. That wouldn't surprise me either, depending on what Arizona does at number three overall. If I had to guess right now, I think we get three quarterbacks to go one, two, three consecutively, just because if I'm the Colts sitting there at number four overall, I'm getting a little bit antsy now, especially with the Panthers who were behind me. Now they traded up. So I think it's a definite, well, I shouldn't say definite, I think it's likely that quarterbacks go one and two, and then depending on what Arizona does at three, whether it's the Colts coming up from number four overall to number three, giving them some extra picks to slide up one spot, or the Las Vegas Raiders could come in from number seven overall to that third spot to jump to leapfrog the Colts. 
Yeah, so the possibilities are there. I read a mock draft this morning on the athletic pick from uh, from Ben Standig, who had um, Seattle moving up to three to take Anthony Richardson, uh-huh. and the Cardinals moving down to five and still getting Will Anderson. Yeah, that might not be bad, but then you get a, you're really going to loop in Seattle, and so I guess I guess you don't care at that point in time. I don't know. But the thing is, is that whatever team that might feel compelled to move up in front of Indianapolis, they have got to be they've got to be at least relatively certain's the wrong word, but they've they've got to be relatively content that the guy they want is going to be there after two quarterbacks get taken. Mm-hmm. So it's it gets a little tricky. Now, uh, you probably can get that information depending on your relationships in the game. You could probably call uh, and and get the Carolina GM. Was it uh, Dave Tepper? You could probably get him to tell you off the record. Hey, can you help me out, man? I'm, we're thinking of trading up to three, but we don't know. Can, can you just give me a heads up on who you're taking? <laughs> and, and, and so, and so, so you can get that information is what I'm getting at. That's what the Cardinals need. They need one team, one motivated football team. Yeah, only takes one. Yeah. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Also, you can text Valley to 620-620, become a Phoenix Suns insider to get all the latest and breaking news on the Suns and their quest for an NBA championship. That's Valley to 620-620. Coming up next, March Madness certainly has an Arizona feel to it this year. Three schools from the state in for the first time ever. We'll get into all the possibilities next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. We have to go above and beyond just to put ourselves in a conversation to, to be in. And, uh, you know, I stand by, you know, our top four wins. I mean, it's at Arizona, at Oregon, Michigan, VCU. You can throw out Colorado. And, I mean, we've had some really good wins this year. And, uh, and just one bad loss. You know, we had one bad loss in overtime early in the season, the third game of the season. So if you're going to be fatally judged by the third game of the season, we maybe shouldn't have played the rest of the year. That was Bobby Hurley last Tuesday going in. Into the Pac-12 tournament, Sun Devils got to the semifinals. They lost uh, to the Arizona Wildcats on a Friday night and left it up to the committee. And yesterday, the committee rewarded them. They're one of the last teams in the field. Again, ASU is in the field of 68. They're going to Dayton. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity to... To, to give your line that you gave during oh yeah no I said line. I said that ASU should probably invest in an Airbnb there in Dayton <laughs> just buy a property right big big enough to sleep thirteen just have it handy for the play in game uh, this is the third Thank you, time man. they're going that's a great line that's amazing the third time isn't that crazy and they play They've only had it not I, that many times and again I I thought they were safe from the from from this I thought they were. For, from these first and oh. Wednesday game, I thought they were safe from that. Did you get nervous when the first two eleven yes. seeds came up and it wasn't yes. ASU? It was Pittsburgh and <laughs> yes, yeah. Because you know the way that they format that is that there's you know in those first four games there's two sixteen matchups and there's two eleven right. matchups. So half of those possibilities were taken out. Yeah, like, right. Uh-oh. That's a good point. That's and a good point. you know this morning in Stillwater, Oklahoma, they're grumbling about not getting in. Oklahoma State was eighteen and fifteen, but they played in a better conference. 
Um, you know, Rutgers. There was a there was a lot of cry for Rutgers to make the the field again. You know, you know, less than five hundred in in a better conference. ASU's record uh, in in a lackluster conference in the Pac twelve, quite yeah. honestly. But you know, that win over Arizona ultimately probably is what got them in. Yeah, that half court heave is what yes. got them in. Yeah, and, it's true. And, and now you have an opportunity if you're the Sun Devils to make the most of it. But I think it's pretty cool. We were this close, Bick. Mm-hmm. To going four for four in the state of Arizona. We had a poll question on ArizonaSports.com last week. Is said, how many teams are getting in? And I said one. I wasn't confident that uh, GCU would win their tournament. I wasn't confident in ASU's chances. So you're thinking Arizona's going to carry the flag for the Grand Canyon State again. But three out of four, and NAU lost in the championship game of the Big Sky. That close to having a full compliment. I thought that was the dumbest poll question we had all last week. (laughs) One, two, two, three, three, four. four, Come on! And it almost happened. Yes, it almost happened. Our apologies to thinking that poll question was dumb. <laughs> now it'll now never it happen good. again. <laughs> so you know what? You know my thought on this. What I really would like to do, I would really love to do an NCAA tournament bracket poll, like for the station, with real consequences. Like everybody but the winner has to go skydiving. Everybody oh. has to jump out of a plane. Something like that. Yeah. I'm Something not. to really kind of. Vinny's <laughs> like, that's not for that. Gotta do is win, Vinny. Don't worry about is it. That, yeah, my history in these contests is not great. <laughs> I still have PT. PTSD from being uh-huh. followed around by an evil clown <laughs> while I had to wear wildcat stuff to a work for a full day. Which of those two was more traumatizing for well, you? Well, they were probably, probably I'll never equal. forget that. As long as I live, that dude was sitting right there. <laughs> Bick was getting such a huge kick out of it, too. Vinny was because during commercial breaks, him. I was like trying to make conversation. Just to like, yeah, just to take the, the horror out With of it With a guy all. dressed like he came right from the set of a Rob Zombie movie. Yes, <laughs> yes that's exactly what it was. So ASU on Wednesday will play the uh, 6-10 game against Nevada. A tough one. If they win that game, they'll go to Denver. They'll take on TCU. How about ASU and GCU in the same quadrant? How about that? It, the odds are astronomical. Yeah. Because GCU would have to beat Gonzaga. They're going to be mm-hmm. one of the bigger favorites, I'm, right. I'm sure, in, in, in round one. But they left the possibility for those two schools to meet in round two. How about that? Wouldn't that would be, be awesome? Something? Wouldn't that be great? Let's go, Lopes, man. Take down Gonzaga. Well, and you brought it up in the splash. It has not been a secret since Grand Canyon went Division One that they wanted to pattern themselves after yeah. Gonzaga. That is the mid-major that doesn't have a football program that has elevated itself to a national powerhouse in basketball. And it's a lofty goal to have, certainly. But uh, in just their second trip to the NCAA tournament, they get to measure themselves against the school that they want to measure themselves against. I think that's a pretty cool opportunity for Bryce Drew's team. Oh, no, without a doubt. This is because this quite literally is house money. And this can be one of those kind of launching pad games. You can look back on it and you can say that was the start of it all for us. Uh, There's some real nice, tidy symbolism there, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And then the Arizona Wildcats, again, get a win in the Pac-12 tournament. They knock off UCLA in a very tight game on Saturday night. And uh, they're, they're the two seed in the south. They'll mm-hmm. take on uh, Princeton in the first round. And everybody always has those uh, flashbacks to Princeton. Back, Pete Carrell. <laughs> back during uh, right. Georgetown oh, you remember back that? in the day. Uh-huh. Uh, from the two Wildcats on the show, how yeah. do you feel about the two seed? Is it is it warranted? Well, Sarah's going to say no, and Sarah's going to say yes. <laughs> well, no, they're a two seed. You mean, were they overseeded? 
or underseed. No, that's what you do to a golf course, Jared. You overseed it. <laughs> I was surprised that bracket. they. I was surprised that they were the two seed in this the bracket with the number one overall seed. <sighs> After winning the Pac-12 tournament, beating UCLA for the second time, I thought they would have gotten the two seed in the West. And how about the possibility of in a regional final, Arizona taking on Alabama, headed up by their former athletic director? Yes. Yeah. Now. The one thing I thought maybe is they, they seeded them to have an even academic matchup, so they put them against Princeton in the first oh, round. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah, that's, that's what, what it was. Yeah, the committee does do stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's what they usually get to. Gonzaga, by the way, favored by 15.5 over Grand Canyon. Is, I, I haven't looked at any of the spreads. Is that the biggest spread in the first round? No, I'm sure there's one, one seed ones that are bore. But Houston against Northern Kentucky, maybe? The Norse? <laughs> the, the fighting north. north. <laughs> um, it is the it is Not the north. biggest. It's the biggest spread on Friday. Okay. GCU, Gonzaga. Yeah. Can uh, can we talk about uh, the the Arizona celebration in Vegas the other night? Sure. Specifically, one player celebration. Kirk Kreisa. Okay. All right. Who got up to cut his little thing of the net off? Uh huh. And took the opportunity to give the forks down sign. Man, special. He hit a big shot. He is a <laughs> he hit a big shot. He, he hit a big a shot. Slappable soul, that dude. Nothing else. Well. <laughs> can I? Can I? I uh, maybe Wildcat fans will get upset that I'm saying this. Right. I, why should I have any feelings about Arizona basketball at all? Being a Sun Devil, correct? But I will say, he's a nuisance. He's maybe the most annoying player that's ever played at Arizona. And it bugs me as a sun devil <laughs> that he wears the name Kerr, his first name on his back, uh, on the back of his jersey, yeah. and Steve Kerr's number. That is kind of that's, odd. That's royalty for Arizona basketball. Who the hell are you? You annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Jarrett, response? I, I very, he, he is one of my least favorite players ever to play at U of A, <laughs> but... I think he got permission from Steve Kerr to do it. He's named after Steve Kerr. You you shouldn't even be asking permission to do that. But that's just me. I'm kind of with a tribute, a tribute, okay, an honor, okay, okay, tribute, okay, tribute. I'm kind of with Vinny. It kind of struck me the same way. Kind of like mm. yes. But again, I I'd, I have less of a problem with him having Kerr on the back of his jersey as he, uh, I do having Arizona on the front of his jersey. But that's. <laughs> Here and there. Please, he hit a big shot, though. I'll give it. He hit yeah. one big shot and uh-huh. and almost gave me a heart attack the rest of the game. <laughs> You're a hater. I, in the, I think I think it was the ASU game, but it might have been the finals game. He he got in foul trouble and he, he was turning the ball over terrible. He came out of the game he, for a long stretch of time. He came back in the game and immediately got a technical foul, and then came out of the game again. He's very frustrating. He's a frustrating player. Yeah. But he's your frustrating player. And the conference leader in assists. He is a good passer. So let's he's, not pretend yeah. he doesn't He is a do good anything. passer when he doesn't think he's Jason Williams from the Kings and tries to do behind the back things <laughs> two feet away from somebody. I love how Jared Love hates on this team. Goodness gracious. It's not just this team. It's every it's every version of the Wildcats. Right, right. <laughs> he's passionate. We'll give him credit. Uh, yeah, so looking forward to three teams in the tournament from the state of Arizona. Yeah, good Co- showing. Coming up next, we hit the 7 o'clock hour. We'll get into some Suns basketball frustrating loss to the Kings in a very tough stretch of schedule for uh, this basketball team. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.